0: Very cool. Hey, uh, by the way, that we, that uh, little talent show, whether you have kids or not or family or not, just come and be a part of the spiritual family. It's a blast. We have a great time. And uh, just watching like, uh, everybody perform and do their stuff from old to young. And uh, it's not just for children. It's for all of us. We have all kinds of people doing all kinds of really, really crazy things. Uh, you'll see your neighbors do some very strange things. It's really, uh, you never knew they had, they could do, it's pretty funny actually. So uh, we have a really great time and we've been doing this for several years now. It just brings such a sense of family and there's little prizes we give out and uh, stuff, just great. So. so I'd like to talk about getting out of jail today and uh, hopefully I'm not talking to anybody on the live stream that actually is in jail, but if you are, <laughs> this is good. And uh, so... The well, Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. There are spiritual weapons we fight with that are not of this world's system. And Paul says, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So we see that this war that we're fighting is in the realm of, of ideas, in the realm of speech. I'm not sure that there's ever been a time like this in all of our uh, history, at least in my history in the world, right, where ideas and thoughts have become so real and used to manipulate and change uh, philosophies of life and the wars of words, really. Um, And it's interesting because actually uh, we may not have emphasized it, but it's always been there. This is how all things work. They work through our words, through uh, what we speak. And the enemy comes and he empowers those words and he brings uh, sometimes uh, death, sometimes just stealing from us. And, of course, the Lord said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. So the thing is, at this time, as we consider our history, um, this thing is titled Getting Out of Jail. And uh, basically it means that... um, Really refers to actually the way I felt a lot, and maybe you felt. uh, Haven't you felt like you were in jail? I mean, there are so many different things that have become so restrictive, whether it's your health or whether it's your travel or all of that. And uh, just in terms of just being in jail because you're sick at home, restrained, restricted, travel restrictions, all kinds of things. And um, I feel like in some way, uh, the whole body of Christ has been tried to put, be put in jail, right? But that means limitations that we didn't have before. Things that uh, just are restrained and held back. And uh, most of them, good things, really, are things that we used to do that we can't do now or, or whatever. And um, so, and, and the interesting thing is, the reason this is, is because obviously there's a debilitating physical disease, uh, right, that has been released. But it's our reaction to it, and the world's reaction to it, especially the world system's reaction to it, that has not made it much better, right? Uh, there have been some things, and the uh, thing is, I think, for some case, in some cases, it's been out of the uh, just desire to help and be helpful. And then other things, other pretenses, have to do with money and influence and manipulation. And so I think we're a little bit more aware of that now, but um, the... COVID virus that we're facing isn't nearly as bad as the other things that have come with it. They're trying to put all of us in jail. Spiritual jails, physical jails, all kinds of places, right, where we don't belong. And of course, the church who is made up of people whose hearts been set free, they don't deal with this very well, right? <laughs> we know what it's like to be in bondage to sin and our own failure. And we got out, there was a jailbreak, and we're not anxious to go back to jail, (laughs) right? Especially with limitations uh, that uh, have a measure of truth in them but are not completely true. Matter of fact, the worst kind of war of ideas that we're facing is things that are 50% true or 40% true, so used to manipulate, put a little truth in, and then take the rest of it and manipulate you, right? We're all aware of this, so I don't want to get into all too much of that, except that here's the thing, the kingdom of God is an absolute stark contrast to this, right? Because we literally march to the beat of a different drummer. His name is Jesus, right? And he has some ideas about what we're thinking, about what the world's doing. He has some thoughts about it, right? Many of those thoughts we can read just from reading our Bibles and being familiar with our Bible, honestly. I think... You're at loss in this war if you don't know this Bible and the words and the stories and the examples. And So we're going to tell, talk about an example today of how somebody got out of jail through spiritual means, literally. But it's so important to know the Word and then let the Lord highlight the Word by His Spirit. It gives us a guide because there's hundreds and years, hundreds of years of world history here where men and women have gone through a little bit of problem. You notice that? The Bible is full of men and women who are in big trouble, right? And God's solution for that, God's thoughts on it, right? And uh, so we see tremendous amount of wisdom here. And there isn't much that hasn't been before. Not much that hasn't gone before. You notice that? And when you read the scriptures, and you read them from Genesis all to Revelation, and you see the experiences of the people. I love it that God put all these people, and they have to experience trouble revolutions, plagues, you name it, right? (laughs) all kinds of things, war, right? everything known to life, everything big and everything small so I want to talk today about getting out of jail places that we're maybe restrained places that we've been held back, was that an amen? (laughs) even the animals amen me, I feel so powerful and received Amazing. If the rocks start crying out, we're in big trouble. (laughs) So here's a phrase from James chapter 4, verse 2. You do not have because you do not ask God. Interesting. So the thing is, this phrase is so powerful and also frustrating. Oh, yeah, I ask God for that. I ask God to do that. I ask God to do that. Yes, that's true. But as you see the full revelation of scripture, it becomes a uh, uh, the full revelation of scripture is, yes, you asked God, but you didn't ask God enough, <laughs> or yeah, you asked God, but you had no faith whatsoever. you just sort of threw something up there. There's something about it that God helps us to ask. We respond, and this back and forth in such a way that we actually manipulate our environment. You, do, you have because you not asked God is actually a full revelation statement, which I'm going to unpack a little bit here today. But one thing I've learned, for example, with regard to my walk with the Lord, as I learned that when I ask, right, God for things, there's also Jesus added to this and he says, you know what? Don't stop asking. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. Keep on seeking. Did God not hear you the first time? No, it has to do, again, with this unseen world that we're dealing with. The enemy has been given a measure of power. People have been given a measure of power. And just like that unruly child that will, you know, uh, test you at every moment till they mature, right? So these things don't come under our command immediately sometimes because they have a life of their own empowered by demonic power trying to resist us. So we get tested at this point. So sometimes we have to say things more than once, right? It's not just a word, but we don't ask God. That's why Jesus brought in the element of persistence. Keep on asking, keep on knocking. Because there's someone trying to resist you. His name is the devil, right? And then there's a world system trying to resist you. So to change that, somehow there's a mystery that when we speak, when we release, when we, as we continue to persist with God and ask God things, keep knocking, keep asking, that we move. The furniture around in the spiritual world and then in the natural world. Many people don't understand this. They're only about this inch. Uh, this this inch, this. Am I having? I'm not, Are you guys hearing that echo? Hey guys, I'm a little bit uh, out here. I need the sound help. So wherever you are, if you can help me with this, I appreciate it. We got an echo. Hey, you have not because you asked not. There you go. Man, I should ask ten minutes ago. Well, okay. So there's a. Nice, bright example for you right there. That's exactly what happens. We put up with things, put up with things, and think, I can't stand this anymore, right? Sometimes we let it get too far, right? So, and then sometimes we're surprised because we ask, we say something, and it didn't happen the first time, right? And so we have to keep asking. We have to keep on knocking. Keep pursuing, right? Okay. So I got that established. All right. So I want to talk about Philippians. For a moment. So, um, the letter Paul wrote to the Philippians is relevant to all people everywhere, especially those who are trying to navigate difficult times. So, Paul visited Philippi, and we can see the story of this in Acts chapter 16. Uh, Philippi, I believe, is uh, actually what is now Greece, kind of in the more northern part of Greece. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, Greece. I got it right. And so uh, in his journeys, he visited there eventually and uh, came to this place to preach the gospel. So here he is in Philippi, and I'm going to pick up with Acts chapter 16, verse 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Do people still do that today? Well, they try to. I mean, there's a psychic sign right down here on the, just down the street, you know. <laughs> so... The good news is in the United States of America, they don't have a whole lot of power. They have a lot of advertising, but not much power or a revelation. Other parts of the world, it's a little more serious and uh, because they get things from the dark side so thoroughly, right? But nevertheless, fortune-telling is still going on today as it was hundreds and thousands of years ago. So information sometimes mixed with just uh, human whatever, you know, flavor, sometimes direct demonic understanding, but listen... With regard to fortune telling, if I'm just on sideline, but listen, demons don't have revelation like God does, right? <laughs> they only get little pieces, what they hear as an echo. But the authority of the kingdom is ruled by the voice of God, right? But anyway, she's fortune telling, and she's getting the attention because her the people think she's real, and they begin to listen to her, and so we see she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, she's doing it from that certain posture of the demonic power, right? She's God. In the name of Jesus Christ, uh, finally Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners... After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. You wouldn't expect someone would do that. And the other prisoners were listening to him. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the uh, prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? I've been listening to you all night. What do I got to do to be a part of this thing? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke of the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jail with the order, Release those men. The jailer told Paul, The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, You know what? You beat us up publicly without a trial, even though we're Roman citizens and threw us into prison. You want me to get rid of me quietly now? No way. No, let them <laughs> come themselves and escort us out. Because see, they had broken the law. They broken the law. I'm going to say this a little prophetically. I don't have this in the sermon notes. I have a feeling that there's going to be some people that are going to be caught trespassing and thrown in jail for what they've been doing. They're going to get caught. Uh, Already we can feel, I think God's sending earthquakes. (laughs) He's already sending little tremors now. You can feel them. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big ones. And some people end up in places that they didn't think they would. Right? The citizens reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them, please leave the city, please. Wow, what a turn around. Now remember, what's the occasion here? What happened? This is such a picture of spiritual life. What happened? They sang for heaven's sake. They worshiped. That's what they did, like we just did today. Yet it affected the spiritual powers and authorities so much that God sends this earthquake, and all of a sudden, there's this wide open door. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. All right? So the letter Paul wrote to the Philippians is relevant to all people everywhere, especially those who are trying to navigate difficult times, especially those who feel like they're in jail. Paul's ministry to Philippi started when he cast an evil spirit from a fortune teller who was making a lot of money for her owners. That's where you can see the... The, the uh, literal spiritual thing he was touching. He was touching something of spirit and the enemy attacked. It was And the whole whole world's like that, by the way. That's why we have an inside seat as believers. Maybe some of you are new to Christ. But as believers, we've seen this attack and counterattack uh, go on and we're a little more perceptive than the average person. Some of us aren't, but... It doesn't take a lot of perception to see some things and a little deeper perception to see other things, but there's this back-and-forth tussle going back, right? When Paul confronted it and then he began to worship, even when he suffered for it, the Lord flung open the doors to his freedom because he was literally walking to the beat of a different drummer, the same drummer that we marched to, the same ultimate authority in the universe, right? So later Paul... (laughs) wrote the Philippian uh, church a letter. And he wrote the letter from jail. (laughs) Now, he had been in jail in Philippi, but this time he's in Rome, and he's writing this letter to the Philippians while he's in jail in Rome. His expectations for the church and for others who read this letter are very encouraging and beneficial for us today, even for anyone that's trapped by various troubles. And so there's some principles here. And he's writing to the Philippians, And so they know full well what happened. So some of his writing is so amazingly relevant to them, right? Because they knew how the whole thing went down. So the first thing that I want to just talk from Philippians chapter 4 is this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. You see, there's great power in rejoicing in the Lord always, especially when you're in trouble. Always. I'll say it again. Rejoice! Now, what was he doing when he got out of that jail? They were singing hymns to the Lord. They asked him, you know, Lord, would you get us out? But, but it was delayed. So, what were they doing? They were worshiping and singing. My my! So, when we rejoice, like we did today, what we do is we place our problems in a whole different place. So, even when you come to church, come to church, it's not about attending a meeting that might be dangerous because you might get COVID. <laughs> Well, there may be some things to that, but the whole issue is this. When you worship the Most High God, God releases people out of jail. When you, release, when you worship the Most High God, there's a freedom, there's a supernatural thing that comes. And in your spirit, in your life, with all the other people, there's something about the plurality of it too. When you worship, you put the whole thing, your whole life on a different plane and you say, this is what my life is about, and you declare it, and the angels come and rejoice, and the demons that are around can't stand the reacting, and they leave, right? So the trick is to take that which happens in a service, and then take it right out the door with you. (laughs) And don't stop rejoicing and worshiping, right? There's so many anointed worship tapes and things, and just so many ways, and uh, I just uh, use. I I understand that this is so powerful. This is... The way Paul got out of jail, he put his whole experience on a different plane. And the angels responded to it and broke the yoke of the enemy right off of and turned the situation around. So like, what we worship here, it's not the (laughs) warm-up to the Word or to some other part of the service. It is the service. So I'm glad you stayed to listen to me. But you may not even need to hear from me. You may have got everything you need just by worshiping. I know that. You respectfully stood around a little bit. Take, take, thank you very much. But, but maybe I could just put this back. This rejoicing we did is critical. Not only in here, but other places outside, right? Because we're putting our problems on a different plane where it belongs. Our problems are demonically inspired, maybe more than we know. We walk in filth all the time. The world system and the demonic powers that are control it we can especially fill that fulfill that filth now so as we pray and worship hopefully by God's grace the angels will take the garbage out right but the main garbage is the garbage in our own heart things that we're carrying, sin we're carrying, bad attitudes we're carrying and unbelief that we're carrying now I would say probably half of you maybe two-thirds of you have heard the story I'm about to tell but many of you know about my life that that this is my ministry but my ministry for years and years and years years extended way beyond these borders especially in other nations so since i was a young man we've been doing it and so uh... when cambodia first opened um, it was amazing we got word that there had been a horrible holocaust and almost all the church had been killed along with so many other people but uh... So Paul told me the story. He's the leader of our work, and uh, he was one of the only ones that lived through the Holocaust of the churches uh, in, the, in the country. There was a handful of believers. And so uh, when he went back, uh, I won't, I'll just shorten this, but he found himself arrested uh, because when he went back, his church exploded that he started. I mean, he was just bold. He just went in there. And, of course, the communists hated it. So they caught him on the side of the road, put him in jail. And in that jail cell, there were generals, <laughs> political activists, anybody he, he was against the government, deemed against the government. They were all there together, right? They chained him to the floor. I've been in the jail he was in. They chained him to the floor, put his hands behind his back, made him sit in his own excrement for days at a time, and, uh, and they were all in little cells, so like there was a little wall built up so they couldn't see each other. So there was total isolation and darkness. All they could do is hear each other, right? And the pole, they were jo- they were actually joined to the same pole because it would ran all the way up and down the thing. They were just chained like that. And they just have to sit there, you know, for days at a time. So, so Paul was in that place. He was sick. Uh, he was uh, uh, dehydrated. Uh, he was dying. And... Um, he was just telling me the story how he made friends with the guy next to him who was a general, you know, shouting over the wall. And the guy next to him who was a high political official that he had known, you know. And he started telling them about Jesus. He started telling them about Jesus. And they started getting saved one by one in this jail, you know. They, even though they couldn't move, they could talk over them because the walls were, they only went up to about this high. So you could talk over them, right? So they're getting saved everywhere. So these guys, these high up officials are getting saved, most of whom were going were to were gonna die. So that's where God put him in this very uh, unique, unique circumstance. And uh, so he was uh, getting sicker and sicker, and uh, mostly because uh, he hadn't eaten. And uh, and so he just uh, didn't, he just uh, had this visitation from the Lord. And in the visitation, the heavens opened. And he heard God, and he could see the angels above the cell, and they begin to sing in Cambodian a song. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. I can't, I can't sing it. I, I said, they sing it in English? He says, no, that's a Khmer song. That's not a Cambodian song. He says, yeah, they all sing it in Cambodian. We got it first. Okay, fine. I didn't know that information, but I got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, right? They sing in that, right? Yeah, opens prison door, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me, flip flop, (laughs) or whatever it is. What do we do there? I can't remember the kids do there. Anyway, so, um, splish splash or something. So uh, so he's singing this song, and, uh, and pretty soon the other people in the jail cell began to sing the song. So they all began to sing it. And they were getting saved all over the place. And they all began, So they'd sing it every day. I got a river of life flowing out of me. So as he's singing this, one day, the heavens opened, and the Lord, he heard the Lord speak to him. Told him he was going to get him out, and he said to stop eating. I mean, he's starving to death. He told him to stop eating. So he stopped eating. So three, one day passed, two day passed, three day passed, and they were given the worst food of all, but pretty soon they're giving St. Paul the very best beautiful food he's ever seen in his whole life, you know. <laughs> Every kind of dish and everything he wouldn't eat, you know. So he got so weak, they took him out of the hospital. When they took him out of the hospital. They put him in uh, this ward where there was a Cuban Christian doctor. Cuban Christian doctor. And he realized that he was a Christian. They talked with one another. And the guy said, you know, I've got to get you out of here. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to leave the door open in the back. And maybe you can make it. But so Paul was so weak, he couldn't even walk. So that night, lightning hit the whole place, and it all went dark. It was raining heavy. And so he crawled out of bed. He crawled to the door, barely opened the door, fell out right behind the guard who was sitting right in front of the door. The guard didn't hear him. He crawled over a little bit further, went and got out to the fence. Horrible rain. crawling in the mud. And he got to the edge of the compound at the fence and he just got stuck and he couldn't get through it. He had no more strength left. And a car pulled up, saw him there, picked him up out of the fence, put him up, put him in their car, took him and nursed him back to health. And so Paul got out. Right? So... Uh, rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice there's great power in rejoicing in the Lord because you're dealing with demonic entities notice the angels are singing this song I've got you know they there's worship but worship causes stuff to happen and uh, there's great power in rejoicing in the Lord and so when we play our CDs you know and we feel better or whatever live streams whatever it is we feel, we, we feel better It's it's because you're you're interfacing with God. You're, it's not just the good music, it's the spiritual component. It's the power that gets released in worship. It's, it's saying something different in words, but also it's saying something different in the spirit, right? And when we worship like that, we're, we're declaring a different reality. That's why worship is so important for all congregations, for us. It's not the warm up, like I said, to the message or anything else, it is the message. It's a way to conduct spiritual war against the evil one. It's a spiritual warfare item. When you sing, you're declaring something. You're singing the worship. God inhabits the praises of His people. Where two or three gathered together, there I am in their midst. So there's tremendous power. But not just power over, like, making me more spiritual, but power over the natural world. Power over your whole life. Right? Even jail cells. All right. So... We see in this story Paul's singing, right? And we look at Philippians chapter 4, he's writing to the Philippians, right? He's writing to them about the, you know, and they're remembering. He says, Rejoice, Lord, always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now, the next thing he says. He said, Do not be anxious about any, no, he said, Let your gentleness, sorry, be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, you can, you can translate that in various ways, right? The gentleness, but, uh, but there's this, Forbearance, There's this sort of forgiveness. It's not exactly forgiveness, but it's close, right? So Paul says, Let your gentleness be evident at all this point C. The Lord is near. The word gentleness means gentle, mild, forbearing, fair, reasonable, modern, moderate. Sorry. So even when he's in jail, he's forgiving those that have put him in jail, right? He changed the atmosphere. He didn't let bitterness soak into him. Let your tenderness be evident to all. The Lord is near, even those that are putting you in captivity. See, you do, when you do that, you move in the opposite direction, right? So that's what's happening here, right? The Lord is near, so be careful how you act, because the Lord said, forgive, and you'll be forgiven, right? That's critical, So with our enemies and people that are oppressing everything, it's really important that you don't let your spirit get into that negative territory where you actually get into hatred and anger. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. It's really important because these people, many of them are people that haven't been found yet. They're sinners that haven't been found yet. They're probably your brother and sister. Some of them you might see in heaven. Some I kind of doubt it. But it's not up to me to decide, right? See, that's my judgment. But who would have ever imagined that Paul... So Paul knew this. He understood it really well. He's throwing people in jail. He's killing people. He was rejoicing when people were being murdered in the name of Jesus. This is who he was dealing with, right? These people who are resisting us or causing such havoc, you've got to remember that. These people, they may be sinners not found yet. So he knew that, right? He understood that. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be... Known to all. Let your forbearing spirit just be known to all. So there's something where we move in the opposite direction. It's a very critical balance how we move in the right direction with regard to that and we keep our truth at the same time. But the Spirit, that's why the Holy Spirit comes and teaches. He mixes those things together to help us get the right mixture, right? That's why this is such a spiritual battle we're talking about because we're not only dealing with the forces of man, but we're dealing with the forces of hell, and hell understands the rules better than a lot of Christians. They understand the rules. When you get an unforgiveness, Ha, 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 I got you. I trapped you. Oh, how unforgiveness can look so righteous. Oh, my gosh. A critical spirit and look so righteous. So you have to let the Lord help you with that. You have to be angry, but don't sin. Right? I wish it was easier. Right? Sometimes. Just clear but it's not, and you can only follow the Spirit. See, getting out of jail, your own jail, and our jail that we're in is the United States of America, and the whole world is, in the jail of churches, whatever the limitations, wherever they are, to get out, we have to do this in the right way. we got a good start tonight, today. We, we worship. Worship's so powerful. Have you noticed that in this time, at the same time, there is so much crazy stuff going on, the worship, the songs that are coming out are absolutely off the charts. What's the snake song, John? What is that? Who, who wrote that song? What's that guy's name? David Crowder. David Crowder. Oh, go look up David Crowder. That snake song will bless you, man. Just <laughs> Oh, man. I'll tell you, if there ever was a spiritual warfare song, it is that song. Wow. So the music... Is coming out and it's 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 causing something. It's we're in this place of limitation, but at the same time, there's this outstanding, powerful stuff being released in the earth, and it hasn't even slowed down evangelism one bit. My goodness, places in the world are open now. The gospel, they weren't even open before the, this thing started. There's an openness. There's a change. I'm noticing this in various countries of the world. they were, were dark and closed. And, and, and now, uh, uh, as trouble often does, it, it prepares the way, right? So Paul, verse 5 says, he says, let your gentleness be up to all the Lord is near. So we have to maintain and represent the Lord properly and because of the angels, because of the power, at the same time, we have to tell the truth. So it's this balance, and only the Spirit can give you that balance, right? But it's interesting to me that Paul is writing this to the Philippians, who knew full well the dimensions of what his life was like there. So he's writing to them, right? But he's writing from jail. So he's walking through the whole thing all over again, himself. The letter comes from the jail in Rome to these same people, right? Who understood his situation so incredibly well, right? All right. According to Matthew six twelve, of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, Ask for forgiveness for our failures as we remember to forgive others who have failed us. The following verse then says, And lead us not in temptation, words of testing, but deliver us from the evil one. The key is, when we forgive others, the Father also lets us off the hook. That's extremely important in this time to balance the truth with forgiveness. You just cannot let a bad attitude, inky black stuff, get into your spirit. If you do, you will not win because you just crossed over to the dark side. Right? But you have to tell the truth. So it's an interesting thing. It's a spiritual battle. But you've got to be very, very careful about not erring on this, right? Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, again, it's part of our whole worship, right? It's how we relate to the Lord. It's critical, right? It's the pattern God gave us to pray, right? And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation. Okay? Testing. The testing is that we would react wrongly to even the persecution or to others acting ridiculously like unbelievers. But deliver us from the one that's really causing all this mess in the first place, the evil one. That's why prayer and worship... That we put the whole battle on a different plane. And that's what we have to do. We have to take this over the rulers and authorities another place, right? And we also have to stand for the truth where it's necessary. Our entire school that we created, we did it as a obedience to God to stand against to stand for the truth, right? So you have to do that. But at the same balance, you've got to be careful how you treat other people, right? Even your enemies, with this. Forbearing spirit. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, remembering his situation, right? He exhorts them not to be anxious about anything. The substitute for anxiety is to pray and petition with thanksgiving in every situation. I highly recommend you try that because your petitioning really helps a lot when you season it with thanksgiving. Because what it does, it puts you in the right perspective. Lord, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you. I am not going to whine about this. I'm not going to worry about this. I want to thank you that you have this well in hand. But I have this thing that needs to be done. And I'm just asking you that you would do it. Please, in Jesus' name, right? So, I love these words. Do not be anxious about anything. And that's what happened in that jail cell. He wasn't anxious about anything. Well, I mean, he was probably anxious, but I mean, he didn't act like it, right? He's worshiping and praising God. He knew his life was tied up in God. He knew there was a bigger answer, a bigger picture. Could I just say that over anybody that has sacrificed, anybody that's in a limited space, anybody that's worried about jobs or whatever. Listen, you're not your own. You just got to make sure that you do battle the Lord's way. And the main thing is you do not have because you do not ask God. Make sure you're asking God clearly what you need because you might end up with something better despite all this stuff. And I'm expecting that fully for the church. We're going to get double for our trouble. God is going to give back to us. But we've got to compete according to the way He would like us to compete. Right? We have to run in the way that He tells us to run. And there will be plenty of warfare, plenty of elimination of our enemies. But here's the time. There's going to be some patience here. And I'm thinking to myself, Okay, Paul, you're in jail. You get out of jail. Now you're in another jail. Think could it easily. What's the deal, God? Do I have to go do this all over again? Why? And there's one jail he didn't get out of at all, right? He ended up being killed. Got his head cut off, right? So it's an interesting thing that we go through, but we have to do things God's way. But here's the thing. He's given us this whole thing, exhortation. He's exhorting these Philippians. Rejoice, no matter what. Let your gentleness, how you treat others, be evident to all. Sometimes that's uh, translated forbearing or forbearing spirit. Oh, do not be anxious about anything. Boy, that's a great dose. We need to stand on. And sometimes all you can do to release the anxiety is pray. See, that's what they did. I am sure they were more than anxious and uncomfortable when they were in those stocks in the cell, so they began to worship and pray. Many times when I worship and pray, like today even, I lose anxiety. It's a weapon, right? And with all the music we have, you could just dial that in, in time, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So salt it with thanksgiving, and, pr- and I like that. Lord, I thank you. This thing is not totally out of control. But Lord, here I have this, this, and this I need. I need a job. How many need a job today? Anybody need a job today? A good job. Anybody need a job? If you do, just raise your hand. So Lord, I just pray. You should raise your hand if you really don't have a job. I'm serious. Lord, I ask you that before this week's out, you would give them a job. Now, how many don't have a job? Raise your hand again, please. Okay, good. How many don't have the right job? Raise your hand. So I'm gonna pray again. How many don't have the right job? Lord, I I'm asking for the right job, a job that pays plenty, a job that takes consideration of my time, a job that supplies my needs. In Jesus' name, amen. See how much we just took care of in that moment? thing is, the problem is with our prayer life is that we just think of it as way too spiritual and out of touch. But it is so in touch with your life, it's amazing, right? And all the dimensions of the Lord's Prayer as well, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. When you fully give it to the Lord, there's a peace, right? And we think on is true, whatever is lovely, what is admirable, especially things concerning Jesus or our life, right? And so on and so forth. Then he says, Look, whatever you learned and heard from me, you remember how I was in jail, remember how we behaved, do that in your current place. And you know that I'm in jail right now, and I'm actually experiencing and doing the very same things I'm just asking you to do, <laughs> right? All right, so the, the uh, Philippians got it. All right. So, it's possible not to let your mind be controlled by the spirit of the world. We can prayerfully consider whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. The result is the peace of God will be with you, right? The peace of God will be with you. And by the way, with regard to your prayers, these are warfare prayers when we're praying about trouble and getting out of jail, right? But could I just give you a little hint? I think that uh, the tone of your prayer, just like the tone when I talk to a person, means a lot, right? I could say the right words, but in the wrong tone, and they'll still get another communication, right? So it's a reflection of your heart. So one thing that's really good with your prayer life, especially when you're in trouble and difficulty, is to salt your prayers with thanksgiving and praise. So that's why when we start off that way, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's what we're doing. Saying, Lord, you got this all under control. I want to thank you for everything you've done for me in the past. I'm not an orphan. I'm not just anybody, but I'm a son of the most high God. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And that's what I call praying downhill. Then from there you just go, right? So there's just a little bit of thing like that. that is So whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, right? And let the God of peace be with you. There's something about that. Even the very first line of even the Lord's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Now, Lord, bring your authority into this situation. You're such a good God. You're such, you take care of me so much, right? In this letter, Paul is essentially giving the Philippians a prescription for prayer and peace that both sustained him while he was in jail and also delivered him from jail. God will do the same for us, keeping us out of the troubles and trials of life. But here's something you need to know. Your perspective on that trial makes a huge difference. What in the world was it that blew the jail cell? Was that Paul's strength? Did he just become so strong he just broke the bound and then just pushed it? No, it was God that did it, right? So what we're talking about is cooperating with spiritual forces. So then you have to understand how God works. So these very enemies and people that maybe are tormenting you or causing you problems or whatever, wherever they are, whether how distant they are, Washington, D.C., or how close up, your own boss, they are. How we handle this, the perspective that we have, makes all the difference in the world. For example, Jesus says, forgive and you'll be forgiven. So that is a loving thing to do but it's also a warfare item. When you hold unforgiveness in your heart, anger in your heart, you give the enemy a foothold. That's why the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Right? So God's perspective on this thing is, He's got it. he got a hold of it. Now you just got to compete according to the rules. Sometimes you have to learn it by rote, but when the Lord touches your spirit, especially if you were a sinner or in a difficult place, and you can be in touch with that and remember then you remember how to treat other people right. And you understand the depth of how far you can go. Paul never forgot how deep he got into it. (laughs) He never forgot that he was a persecutor of the same people that are persecuting him. It gave him extraordinary grace. God gave him grace, so he was able to give other people grace. Whether you had that extraordinary grace Paul had or not, and are, are aware of it as he was, it's so important that you get aware of it. Realize where you've been delivered. Some of you maybe have been believers your whole life. But you have to remember where you came from anyway, what the grace of God is on your whole family line. If you accepted Jesus as a child, you look around, and even the things you made a mess out of in this life, all of it, right? It's important. He's giving this prescription for prayer and peace that sustained him while he was in jail and also delivered him from jail. God will do the same thing, keeping us out of the troubles and trials of life, but our perspective makes a difference. A lot of difference. This is an inside-out kingdom for you personally in your family and for the church in the world. It's a time for us to be salt, but in the right way. So we have to have a spirit of forgiveness. Listen, when you're like I say, upsetness gets to the place where it turns into hatred, you know you're in wrong territory. You can't do there, you can't go there. That scripture be angry and do not sin is so critical. Right? Paul understood it well because he was one of the haters. <laughs> But even when he's in jail, he understood the hate that he had that that that's the same hate that put him in jail. God got out of him, so he had compassion on the guys that were putting him in jail. He somehow understood it, right? And so we have to go to that same place. Our perspective makes a difference. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for people like that. Exactly like that. For you like that. Maybe you were milder in your rebellion, (coughs) but it's enough to send you to hell. And he forgave you. Some of the best evangelists I know, the ones who've been forgiven the most. Right? So that's an interesting thing, because I, I know some of those evangelists. And um, So, all you that are meant to interface as evangelists in our community, just remember where you came from, because most of you that are the best evangelists were not so nice. You're in the pit. You were horrible people. <laughs> Not now, but you are horrible. Paul never lost that. And it helped him in his warfare. The only way he got out of jail was some spiritual force blew up in the jail cell. Because he was cooperating with God. He was moving in line with God. Even he's singing while he's in there. And when he got out, even, he had compassion on the jailer. So much so that he became Christian, Right? God changed the whole thing. So for us, it's it's important. Our perspective makes a difference. Forgive and what? You'll be forgiven. Yet at the same time, you have to stand up for truth, right? So you got this double job, but the Spirit will help you know which is which if you pay attention, right? That's the only thing we have right now in the time there's this horrible war going on for the soul of the world, really, in so many, many ways, for the governments of the world. But just behind it, if you can see it, if in, I believe it's already happening. There's a lot of people turning to Christ. Just behind it, there's something going on that's made the whole culture so uneven that I believe now and even in the future there's there going to be a receptivity to the Lord that we haven't seen in years. It's as if a plow has gone through the field, right? So we can't let our bitterness and anger at higher structures and authorities keep us from that field or seeing that field. And at the same time, we have to tell the truth. Paul told the truth, and he got in trouble. He ended up in jail, right, for it. So we have to have that balance. But the heart is where all this action is. And so Jesus is on a cross, inappropriately crucified, looking down and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. There's a lot of people that do not know what they're doing. I think we could be big enough to pray that, Right? at the same time, help the Holy, let the Holy Spirit lead us. We don't want to do anything that quashes the Lord's voice. So we need him to manipulate us through this time. We also need him to break these enemies down. So I just encourage you, One thing I've been doing that's been great is just listening a lot more to worship and worshiping a lot more. It helps my soul a lot. It helps clear the air and help me get perspective so I can think clearly, right? And respond clearly, right? It helps my perspective. And also, can I just end on this? Time can be your friend. Time can be your friend, right? I don't want to spend any more time in jail than I have to, right? Especially because the uh, devil took advantage of my bad attitudes. But listen to me. In this season, time can be our friend, what I mean by that is, we, we are, the, people, the way we're put together with our push buttons aside and everything, we want everything to be taken care of right away, you know. I want to get back to my routine. Was our routine that great? No. What I mean is in the long scheme of things. We yearn for things. We love things. Things, things, things. But was our culture doing well and receiving Jesus? Well, we're seeing how unwell it's been, right? So what we've been given an opportunity is a do-over. We've got a new do-over. So let's don't blow it with bitterness. And let's be a praying people. And let's listen to the Spirit. Tell us when we need to tell the truth and when we need to give a break. right? When we need to speak out and when we need to step back. Right? In our everyday life. Right? And remember that this battle is a spiritual battle. So I don't know about you, but Paul's get out of jail card for his own life was rejoicing and singing, worshiping God anyway, despite the persecution. (laughs) Right? That might be yours. Your get out of jail card. Just worship, singing, honoring. Not just talking and singing here, but even when I'm in the marketplace, thanking God. For the people around me, even when they're noxious and not so, so great, right? It might be our get out of jail card. I just think that we're a different aroma. But here's the thing. So I say that in a romantic way. We are the aroma of Christ. We could even sing a song. Remember, we are the body of Christ. You know, it's such a beautiful song, <laughs> you know? But it comes down sometimes to choices when everything's stinky. And there's somebody that's got to make a choice of how they treat, how they act, how they respond, how they talk, right? And God will give you the authority and also the heart to do that. Just like Paul, you just got to remember who you were. So he had an interesting relationship with jails. He put people in them. Now he is in (laughs) them. And he was in the second one. He's in Rome now, right? And he's given all this advice. You remember what I was like there? Here, do the same advice, you know? Not knowing what his fate was going to be, right, that time. Oh, what a good example. These whole chapters and what I just said is such a good example for our time. Now, as I spoke, I didn't dot all the I's and I didn't cross all the T's. Yeah, but what? 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 What about this? What about that? But could I just say, we've got to be safe, stay in our spirit relationship with the Lord, represent Jesus well, forgive even people that have been unforgiving, but at the same time be willing to tell the truth in the right spot. And there's no perfect mixture for it, but we've got to be the people of God maybe as we go through this, we'll actually see a massive number of people come to Christ. Because I'm telling you, I don't want them to be mean. I want them to know love. I want them to be loved in their meanness so that when they turn, they don't get mean. (laughs) I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know Him, right? I want to represent the Lord properly. I think we can do that in our weakness. Sometimes we be stronger. Sometimes we have to be stronger for our culture. The right mix is up to all of us, not just out the... uh, uh, the the national level, but at the level where we all live, right? We're all where we all live, and we'll all have experiences, and we'll have chances to be like perfume, like light in a room instead of darkness. To have an attitude that befits Christ, and I tell you, I just think of all the things. Uh, if the body of Christ could do one thing right now, and I'm, I'm not patting us on the back, but I think it's just a great opportunity, meet the world's, world's practical needs, especially in the areas of housing and the areas of of, of issues uh, that, that have to do with poverty. And stuff. Let's just be like the city on a hill and the salt of the earth. So that just helps us, right? It helps us really, because that's what the Lord does. And that's what His Spirit's doing. But also the world can see it. They'll know you're Christians by your love, right? They'll know. At least they'll have some kind of example, right? So there's no easy way to say all this, but I think I touched some things. When I think about my friend singing in jail, Getting out like that. I'll tell you, I think worship such a critical part of this whole thing. Also, by the way, that's why it's so important. COVID or no COVID, it's important to meet. Yes. There's one little scripture that's kind of important. Where two or three gather together in my name. There I am in their midst. Yes. I remember when we first got, got back into here, you know, a long time ago. And I remember, I, I had been a couple of months, you know, and... I was standing over there, and I heard the worship band. They were playing, and it was great, and it's beautiful, you know, and everything. But I th- and, I, and it's so funny. I don't know if the Lord was teaching me what. I, I, I kept thinking, what is that extra sound in here, you know? And I'd forgotten that there were people in here, right? I know, I don't because I'd been worshiping, you know, on our live stream. We were, and I was just the only one in the room, a couple of us, you know, and the band was up there. And then when you guys came back, I thought, I thought, My first thought, which is like stupid of me, but maybe it was was perceptive too. I heard, I thought, man, there must be angels in this place. I'm thinking, and I look around, oh, oh my gosh, it's people. That's right, it's people. Wow, it's beautiful to hear your voice. It's beautiful to hear live voices because God inhabits the praise of His people. And there's Scott over there playing the cello and, and John over there playing the guitar and, and I'm playing the drums, you know, my voice, right? However it works. You know Some of us are better than others, but when we come together, we do pretty good. And the Spirit of God inhabits the praise of His people. It's a beautiful thing. And boy, I tell you, when we get together, it makes a big difference because we're two or three gathered together in my name. There I am in their midst. And then they can just address. If you agree about anything, it will be done. See what powerful weapons we have. We rejoice. Jail cells open. Our heart opens. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those that are using. And that's a great thing, too. Pray for those that are messed up. Pray for the political figures you hate. Did you pray for them yet? Pray for them. Pray for them as much as you rebuke them. Right? Especially in your closet, right? And if you get a chance, maybe you'll do both in public. I don't know. But however it works, so important in our day and time. You know, I'm just going to close with this. I'm just thinking of my friend Sipal. The worst happened, the worst government happened that could possibly happen to a nation. I just don't know that there are many nations that went through what Cambodia did. Not only did the enemy take over, but they exterminated the people. Wow. And I think about his example and that example I gave you, and I think about it. And there he is in jail. He could have been bitter at them and bitter at God, wishing to die. But instead, that little voice just sort of coming up. And before you know it, that entire jail cell got saved and went to heaven because he didn't get bitter. And ultimately, in that voice, in that worship, God delivered him too. What a great example for us, huh? Let me just worship a little bit before we go. You guys, go whenever you need to. Why don't we all stand? I'm going to pray. Okay. All right. So we have uh, some specific people on our ministry teams that will be willing to pray and loosen and bind over you, <laughs> so to speak, right? So what we're going to do is worship, but if you'd like to come to the front and respond to this message... If I could just, uh, why don't you just come up? Maybe just take a time with the Lord. And uh, maybe there'll be some people that'll come along and uh, just pre- try to respect people's space, but uh, you might just put your hand on their back or maybe just ask them if they could be, you could pray for them. And so, some of our leaders, if you could come up too and um, maybe circulate around the people. So, there's this uh, word in the scriptures where two or three gather together and they agree. So like in these little pods, we can agree with each other in prayer, right? And uh, just reinforce, stay as long as you like. We're just going to worship a little bit. I know there's people that feel sensitive about being too close, so you just work that out what you want. But if you want prayer today, we'll be glad to pray for you. Yeah. Okay? Um, can I have some of the KSOM um, students come on up? I've invited some of them to come up and be on the prayer ministry team. And we would just uh, love to partner with you and pray. And I just felt like that word that Mike had was so good about, um, I just saw the Lord delivering keys when Mike was talking, keys to people who have felt like they are in jail in the spirit, in their heart, emotionally, like just feeling like they're locked up. And I just saw the Lord bringing um, freedom, just freedom. We'll pray over anything that you're in jail about, including your own physical health if you like. So uh, just try to just be sensitive to the way people are feeling and thinking about this. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, Lord, I just declare healing in the house. I declare change So we minister to people and we pray for them. Lord, I just pray you would just come in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you all. Stay as long as you like with the worship and come up to the front if you need prayer or would like prayer. Maybe some of us will circulate around to where you are sitting if you like. Amen.